1: Yeah! This is Pastor Jolly John Lakumsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in uh, New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And
0: here with Pastor Jolly John is uh, Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis.
1: And this is Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics. Okay, Seems like it's taking forever for the opening.
0: <laughs> that is the highlight of the show, so well, we might as well milk true. it as long as we <laughs> can. <laughs> as long as
1: we can. Good point. So I tell you what, i got a couple of things for us to get started off with. We have a riddle. Ooh, we have I a love riddles. Okay, so here's here's the riddle. Okay, here we and go. listen in next week. And a we'll brain give you the teaser. answer. Uh, um, what can run, but never walks? Okay. Has a mouth, but never talks? Has a head, but never weeps? Has a bed, but never sleeps. Little poetry in there too. Did you it notice is? that? It's not just that. a little, but a little little poetic. Wow. So th- this is this is one thing. This is It's one thing. It's all one thing. It runs but doesn't walk, has a mouth, doesn't talk, has a head but never weeps, has a bed, but never sleeps. And Ooh. we'll give you the answer next week. We have to wait a whole week now. Of course. All that's, right. That's the idea. Some reason to listen next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it has to be an incentive. Okay.
1: All right. We'll be and,
0: pondering that throughout the week. Uh,
1: and so here's the other thing we got for you. Thanks to Dylan. We we've got we're working on getting some new riders in here, you know. Uh, uh, so Dylan, who's a student there at, at uh, Lynn School in Oakville. Lynn, by the way, retiring at the end of this month.
0: Congratulations, yeah, Lynn! Yeah.
1: So we're excited about. I'm excited about the fact that she doesn't have to get up at five thirty and morning. wake you up. Huh? <laughs> That's right, wake <laughs> me up. She's always so sweet. She gives me a little kiss before she goes Aww. to goes to school. I mean, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Like no, I don't love. think that. I think, thank you, sweetheart. Save the romance for later, Lynn. <laughs> that's right. And then she drives a pretty good distance too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so. but I, well, that's why she has to get up at five thirty. Yeah, if yeah. if it was close, maybe she'd get up at six. But uh, um. so anyway, so Dylan has this great joke for us. When, when Matthew, is it the best time to jump on a trampoline? What time of the year, Matthew, is it the best time to jump on a trampoline?
0: I don't know, Dylan. When is the best time of year?
1: <laughs> okay, just I gotta get ready here. I gotta get ready. Again, when is the best time to jump on a trampoline? I don't know. (laughs) Springtime.
0: Why didn't I see that one coming, Dylan? <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Dylan. And Dylan, blessing on you and all the other kids who are are no longer in school. I never thought about that. Yeah, when this airs, everyone should be out of school. Yeah, congratulations.
0: They? I know yeah. some of the college kids, as we record this, are already out of school, but you yeah. know, they, they don't really study that much anyway. No, that's Come right. on. Congratulations, May 1st, college. Uh,
1: although, you know, there probably are some people listening to us up north because I know the Minnesota schools they, they often go until the first they week did. of June. They stuff, go a little so. later. So I'm sorry. Don't mean to rub it into the people up north <laughs> who might sorry, still be guys. in school at this point. Might actually have to get up early tomorrow morning to go to school. Or Monday morning, rather, to go to school. But
0: at least they have a good joke to go to school <laughs> with now. They are well-equipped <laughs> for Monday morning.
1: Right. That's right. Spring. That's Spring. the best time to jump so on So does Lynn trampoline. have any big plans? Uh, no, not at all at this point. Sleeping she, in. Sleeping in, <laughs> that is her big and plan. And, and, yeah, she's just excited about not having – because usually, you know, uh, you think of teachers being off for a summer, but she's a principal. Uh, so that no. meant she worked all summer yeah. long, too, usually yep. had to find, replace staff and get things ready. So she'll sure. be glad not to have that, to actually have a summer to just have uh, a vacation time, yeah. So that's oh, good for
0: her and good, congratulations.
1: So, so as I told you, Matt, we've been doing old testament stuff, uh, and so I got another old testament t- text I'd like to share with, uh, with the listeners. Okay, uh, and I bet it's one you've probably have you preached on the story of the bronze serpent from <laughs> Numbers 21?
0: I believe I have, yes. Okay, um. Go ahead. It's a good one. It is a good one. And Jesus even talks about it. So you know it's got to be good.
1: <laughs> well, I got to thinking, I think that's... Because I've preached on it before, too. and 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 we've never focused on the Old Testament up until this last year. But I think that's how I've preached on it, via the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3, the classic passage, of course, for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. But the verse that precedes that is, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So I'm pretty sure that's how I got into that story uh, as, as a reference to Jesus there in the Gospel of John.
0: But isn't that interesting, this most famous of all Bible verses, right um, before it, he's talking about snakes on poles. <laughs> I mean, that, that's interesting. Uh, we, we forget about that. We overlook the context in which John 3.16 occurs, and, and it's exactly this Old Testament text of of this a snake on a pole that, that Jesus... Uh, It makes this connection. It's interesting.
1: And so, yeah, so this is the framework for that beautiful, for God's love. In fact, it's the same thing. He says he was lifted up so that whoever believes in him might might live, just like it says in in John 3.16. So here's the thing, though, that I realized. Having come at this text from the gospel— I never really took the time to discuss and discover the historical background to why this is all going on in the first place. So that's what I would like to do. It was new for me. Maybe it'll be new for some of our listeners. uh, Why it is that this happens in the first place. So if you wouldn't mind reading at Numbers chapter 21, uh, verse 4. And, 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 and we'll kind of set the historical background for this right. whole good, business. Good, good.
0: And hopefully maybe you understand Jesus' words a little better and I, be able to appreciate it more.
1: Well, we, there's no guarantee of that. This is wrestling with the basics. So, okay. <laughs> there's no hope that there might be a greater understanding, but well, maybe. we well, started with the spring joke, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's downhill from there, folks.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Numbers 21, beginning with verse 4. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way.
1: All right, so let's just start there. So, so I don't know that I ever dealt with the impatience of the people, which of course will result in all the other things we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, but when I was le- reading this business about going around the land of Edom, uh, set out by the way to the Red Sea, uh, and, and did a little historical study, I can see why they would have been impatient um do, do you so I don't know when you've preached on this before did you ever deal with the historical context or you just jump into the business about the 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 serpent uh the bronze serpent being lifted up or have you have you
0: yeah we're digging a little bit okay. sure sure and you know just for our listeners we're talking about the people of Israel here right just right. said even that yeah that broader scene and here they are in the wilderness you know after the exodus on their way yep. to this this land of promise which by the way Eventually, it takes 40 years. So, so yeah, impatient, I'm sure, here, but probably in other places, too.
1: Well, well, yeah, thank you for actually highlighting why. They're, but but you see, a good deal of the impatience they've brought upon themselves because God had taken them to the promised land. They had sent their spies into the promised land, and the spies came back and said, it's everything God said it is. Yeah. It's a land of milk and honey, a great place to raise families and to, to become a mighty nation, except that there are giants and there are fortified cities. Uh, and, and, of course, Joshua and Caleb would say, well, that's no big deal. He he freed us from slavery in Egypt, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, we came Pharaoh and his armies and chariots. So he should be able to take care of a Goliath and a Jericho. But, of course, the, the people of Israel uh, and the and the other ten spies, they say, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, oh, that we would die in the wilderness. And God says, well, if that's what you want. <laughs> and yep. So so as you said, yeah. So, so if you're being impatient, it's because of your own sinfulness. I would have given it to you right away. But now you're wandering in the wilderness. For the 40 years. Why the 40 years? I, see, I don't know if people understand. There's a reason why they had to wander for 40 years.
0: Well, uh, I think one of the ironies, well, there's a lot of ironies, yeah. but one of them is they, they, I think they specifically say that our children will die if we go into this land. Ah. And the irony is their children the only ones who don't die and are able to go into the land because after 40 years, everyone who's under 20 dies. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that younger generation that enters the promised land.
1: See, now there again, I did not know that. So that actually ties into the fact they said their children, but but their children don't. They're the ones that actually enter. Yeah, yeah, cool. I yeah. didn't know that.
0: And they, uh, can you imagine that if you were yeah. you were in your early twenties and you yeah. know everyone under 20s gonna live and everyone over is gonna die? It's like, yeah, you know I'm. Uh, I'm a walking dead guy, you know, because really it's, it's it's my time on earth is limited. You kind of know the day of your death almost. You know, it's going to be within that span of 40 years at least. And maybe that served as a reminder to them for over those 40 years that, oh, yeah, maybe we should listen to God's promises.
1: So so in practical purposes, you and I are shot. <laughs> There's no hope for us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, in fact, I'm probably getting pretty close now at, at 60, 65. Uh, but that is kind of nice to know that my grandchildren— Noah, who you said had just got confirmed, sure. he'll get to go into the promised land. Um, so here's my thought. Have you ever disciplined your children? You, Of course oh, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah mean, we've had to do great, that. Great kids. They're
0: good, but they're not that good. Maybe a little <laughs> discipline every now and then.
1: Okay. So that's what we got here. God disciplining his children, saying, "Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sure. That's well, what you said you wanted, to die in the wilderness, but your children will go in. Um, so... Sometimes I imagine when you discipline your kids, they are they are repentant. They're really sorrowful for what they've done. Yeah. Are are there other times, however, Matt, when it's kinda like they're just trying to weasel out of the punishment? Do you yeah, ever encounter every that? now
0: and again, yeah. Yeah. Or just it's it's you know, we're sorry we got caught for doing the thing or <laughs> sorry we're getting punished for doing this thing, but not really sorry for what they did.
1: Uh, So I get the impression that's what we have here with the children of Israel, Mm. Uh, uh, that they're actually maybe thinking they can get out of this punishment if we can only get to the promised land right away. See? Now, if we wander for 40 years, but maybe if we get there right away, maybe we can sneak in before God kills us all, right? (laughs) Because that's, the, that's what you get here. The impression is we want to get to the promised land as quick as we can now, all right? Now that you've said we're going to, no, no, we want to get. Uh, the problem is, however, did you catch that in the context? To, to, the shortest route to the promised land is through what? Through what country?
0: Uh, Edom. Edom, but they're going around the land of Edom the long way
1: Yeah, but they don't want to go around the land of Edom They want to go through the land of Edom In fact, they have sent uh, uh, envoys to the king of the land of Edom Saying, can we go through, we'll stay on the highway If we if we uh, 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 eat anything or drink anything, we'll pay you for it See, that we want to get there as quick as we can Because we know our time is limited uh, um, And of course, do you remember what the Edomites said? No, I,
0: I don't yeah. think they were real happy with the but, uh, offer. I, in fact, let me just quote they you. They refuse what, it.
1: Yes, it says, uh, he said, you shall not pass through. And Edom came out against them with a large army and with a strong force. Thus, Edom refused to give Israel passage through his territory, so Israel turned away from him. So what we have in the story is not really what they wanted. It's what they have to do. Be, well, now here's the, another interesting sidelight I did not know. Apparently, they still wanted to go through Edom. Read, if you would, the beginning of chapter 21. Sure.
0: When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming by the way of uh, Athram, he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give this people into my hand, then I will devote their cities to destruction. And the Lord heeded the voice of Israel and gave over the Canaanites, and they devoted them and their cities to destruction. So the name of the place was called Horma.
1: So so they're thinking, hey, we've encountered this before. We've had people get in our way, and we simply did what? Just ran over them. Yeah. Okay. So what's the big deal with Edom? We'll just go right through Edom. I'm sure that's what the people are thinking. This is no problem for us. Uh, of course, the problem is uh, this was a righteous war against this, uh, what, King Arad, uh, the Canaanite. He'd actually attacked them first. He had taken some of their people captive. Furthermore, they had prayed to the Lord. And 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 so the Lord was the one that was giving them victory. But in their mind, they're thinking, well, we've shown how powerful and how mighty you are, so this shouldn't be a problem. We should be able to just just run right through Edom. However, what do we know about Edom? Do Do you know who Edom comes from?
0: Esau. Yeah. Yeah, so these are kind of distant relatives that there's been tension with for generations.
1: And, and so maybe that's why they thought they'd just be able to walk through cuz it is their cousins after all.
0: Mm-hmm, huh? mm-hmm.
1: But but you're right. So so explain the tension. Why is there a tension between the people of Israel and the people of Edom? Going all the way back well, to I mean their, I think it goes
0: it, I think it goes all the way back to Jacob and Esau and again remember yeah. Jacob steals the birthright away from Esau and then he skips town and because Esau's mad enough to kill him he Wants to murder him, and then eventually, you know, he returns. But and there seems to be some reconciliation. But yeah. even still, for generations, oh boy, there there is conflict. And as we get into the minor prophets, you know, they write about that conflict too.
1: Uh, and it's neat because it's it's real life. It's real life. How many people today are at odds with their brother uh, because their brother got something they thought they should get? That, sure. that That's a boy. Every time there's a death and there's a dividing of the uh, inheritances, there can be hard feelings because that should have been mine and you got that. And how many people today are angry over things that happened ages ago, and yet it's still it's still. So this is a very real life situation. Uh, um. And that's the problem. Edom doesn't and, and and I can see why God would say, Nope, nope, I, I'm not gonna let you pass through that. No, we gotta go around. Uh, because God loves the people of Edom, doesn't He? They're, they are His children too. And He loves the people of Israel. And if they do go, there's gonna be a bloody, bloody war, and, and a lot of people are gonna die. And so for the love of the neighbor, I think God says, nope, nope, I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm going to send you in another direction. The troublesome thing, though, is the direction that God sends them. Did you catch that in the first verse of the text? Which direction do they have to go now, Matt?
0: By way of the Red Sea.
1: And what's the problem with going by the way of the Red Sea?
0: Well, it's like they made a big circle here, right? Because the Red Sea was one of the first places they get to after leaving Egypt now. Here we go again.
1: <laughs> All right. And so I'm just trying to help people understand. Can you see why they're impatient? Yeah. We want to get yes. in fact we need to get to the promised land as quick as we can because otherwise the, we're gonna the die. The clock's ticking. Yeah, and, and, and now we gotta go backwards. Now we gotta go backwards. Okay. Yeah. Um and And it just occurred to me, man, this is so much the way it is in our lives. we We, we have stuff we want, and we don't really care about how it'll impact uh, our neighbors, uh, our brothers. we We just want it. Um, in fact, you have two children. I'm sure you see this all the time, don't you? Noah wants something. Uh, 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 your daughter's name again is Anna. Anna wants something, and 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 do they care? No, it, they're going to get into. Oh man, I see. them I, I've got a Lauren, and 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 I, I got this in two situations. I've got I've got Lauren and Eric, and I've got John and Aubrey, and brother and sister, and they're constantly fighting over stuff. Um, of course, we adults do that too. Uh, in fact, as adults, we don't even care whether it hurts us or not. We just want it. We don't yep. think about is it good for us or not. Um, so that, that lack of the love of the neighbor, and, and the idea that we we want to do what we want to do. We want to go our path. We want to go our way. We don't want God—and certainly we don't want God to give us a detour. Oh, man, don't do that. Don't send mm-hmm. us off in what mm-hmm. we think is the wrong direction. So this is just a very real-life situation, um, and, and, and it occurred to me, though—well, let's read what happens next. Let's read what happens next. So
0: the impatient people, yeah, uh, they become impatient, and we go on to verse five, and the people spoke against God, and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of the out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food.
1: And so the truth is, Matt, there is food, there is water. <laughs> exactly, and they wouldn't be alive if there wasn't, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm thinking every morning they should be giving thanks to God because they're in a wilderness, and yet they have food and they have water. Isn't that something? But but what's the real truth? What's the real problem here? What, what did they say? We don't...
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, we loathe this worthless food. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, it. It's not yeah, that it's not yeah. that you're not taking care of it's us. It's just that we just we don't. just don't want this.
1: Yeah, yeah. We want something that's, different.
0: That's, that's us too, right? You know, God gives us our daily bread, but no, that's not good enough. We want something a little better.
1: Yeah, something more. God's something giving better. me my home,
0: but we want something a little better.
1: And and it struck me, Matt. I, I think I finally realized why the rush to get to the Promised Land. It's not just so that they can get in there before they die. But you see, once you conquer the Promised Land, you got a maid, don't you, Matt? Mm-hmm. You got a land of milk and honey. You got a land of with copper in the mountains. You don't really need God anymore, right? In the wilderness, unfortunately, you got to have God. Every you got morning. to
0: rely on God, and that manna comes every morning as a reminder of that.
1: Yep. Yeah. But in the in the Promised Land, you, you'll take care of yourself. Self
0: sufficient.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking about that guy, you know, in the uh, the the New Testament, who said, "I've got my big barns and my bumper crop. I can sit back eat and drink and be merry." And you're right. It's exactly where we are, too. We we don't want to rely on God. We don't want to be in situations where we have to have faith in him. We want to have enough that we can take care of ourselves. Um, the sad thing is, though, Matt, we're under the curse. As we already alluded, you and I probably won't get to enter the promised land before we die. We'll probably die first. And so what good does it do to have great big barns and have God say, you fool, your soul is required of you tonight? So it just struck me as being a very true-to-life situation we have here. Our impatience, like you said, our desire to have things the way we want them. We're never satisfied with what God gives us. Um, but here's the neat thing. Here's what I love about this text. Read, read the next verse, Matt.
0: And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Well, I guess I don't love that part. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay, read that again. I'm that's sorry. That's pretty exciting. I should have, no, that wasn't <laughs> the verse I was
1: thinking of. But go ahead, read it. I'm sorry.
0: And they bit the people so <laughs> yeah. that many people of Israel died.
1: Okay, well, so maybe maybe that wasn't the verse I was excited about. (laughs) Uh, Although, I hope our listeners can see that was actually an act of mercy, uh, because at this point, the Israelites are almost ready to rebel against God and Moses and set out on their own, right? Uh, When God sends you on a detour, you're kind of thinking, no, I'm going to go the way I want to go, God. But unfortunately, if they had done that, they would not have got to the Promised Land, and not only would they have died, but their children and grandchildren would have died in the wilderness too. So this is an act of God's mercy uh, to send these fiery serpents, and it works. Here's the verse that I really was excited about, the the next verse. That could be someone's
0: confirmation verse. Is it really? God sent fiery serpents (laughs) among the people, they bit (laughs) them, and they died. Was
1: that Noah's confirmation? it's it's an act of mercy. (laughs) Trust me. Trust me. All right,
0: all right. Here's here's John's verse, uh, verse 7. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people.
1: And, and to my knowledge, Matt, that is the only explicit time during the 40 years that they explicitly repent. That they explicitly acknowledge that they have This is sinned. it, huh? Interesting. I, I, well, I can't yeah. find any other. I mean, there's other times when they they are upset and they grumble yeah. and they yeah. get punished. But this is the only time I know that they explicitly say, yeah, we're at fault. We have sinned. And indeed, what do they have? moses do
0: pray pray
1: yeah. turn to god yeah turn to god. and and see that's so beautiful because that's all that's involved when you realize that you have gotten wrapped up in all of these sins we've been talking about you don't have to do penance there's no work you need to perform you just acknowledge it and and pray to the lord and, and what does the lord do Matt? what does the lord do right off the bat what does he do
0: well he gives them a means by which to, to be saved really well, yeah we'll read yeah. The, read the verses there and yeah. the lord said to moses make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, it's maybe not the solution they're looking for. I, I imagine they were probably looking for some medicine, mm-hmm. maybe some salve to put on those bites. Oh, them bite sting, you know. Yeah, or just
0: to, to you know, obliterate all the snakes.
1: Oh, that would be easier. Yeah, well, next, just get rid, oh, that, get rid of the snakes. I never thought about that. Get rid of the snakes. Yeah, but instead he says, "Nope. Here's a, here's the image of the very thing that's killing you." Uh, look at it, and and you live. Yeah. Matt, that's a great insight. I never thought of, the easiest solution would have been just get rid of the snakes. Yeah, but
0: the snakes are still slithering. The snakes are still biting them, even. Yep. Yeah. But now there's a means by which to be, to be safe from that.
1: And so Jesus picks up the same story and says, "Guess what? The same thing has been done for everybody that's listening to us right now. Someone's been lifted up." In fact, he was lifted up on the cross, he was lifted up out of the tomb, he was lifted up uh, 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 to the heavens, and that's all we need to do. We just need to look at him, and we will what? We, we will live. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate the insight you had there. It's not to say the serpents are gone, they're nope, not. nope. Nope, nope, they're still out there biting us, and we're still dying, but we have something we can look to and believe in and, and know that we will not perish but have everlasting life. So wasn't that just a cool story? Oh, it's, I yeah. love it.
0: I love it. And it's not like the snake is some magical thing. But no, it's, it's because God's promise is attached to it. And, and in faith and in that promise of John 3, 16, where we started, uh, we look to Christ, knowing that whoever believes in him will not perish, right, but have eternal life.
1: And and that's a great thought, too, because it does seem like it's a superstition, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, in later years, it will become a thing of superstition. They, they will start bowing down and worshiping. The, the...
0: the snake itself, yeah. I know. I think so. it's Hezekiah to, to destroy this snake because the people are worshiping it. Yeah.
1: But no, it, it has power because of God's word. And, and, and that's the same thing we have. The baptism, the supper, the scriptures we're reading. Uh, we can trust that they will bring us salvation because, as you said, Matt, they have the power of God's word. And so, So for everybody out there that's still fighting the snakes... Look to Christ and live. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been Wrestling with the Basics. See you next week.